Hi, and welcome to Veg Out, Toronto's vegetarian podcast. We are a collective of vegans and vegetarians who love to talk about all things veg in the GTA. You can hear us on CJRU 1280 AM, Canvas Community Radio, based in downtown Toronto. And you can find us now on Instagram, yay, at Veg Out Podcast TO. That's Veg Out Podcast TO. Shout out to Jen, one of our co hosts, who is doing an amazing job over there with our new Instagram account. My name is Jeanette, and I'm joined today by Marnie. Hi, Marnie. Hey, Jeanette. And we've got two EastEnders here today to talk about Jingle Pear Deli. We're going to be speaking to Sinead, who runs that all-vegan business, in just a minute. But we're going to start off with some veg news. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Sarnia Veg Fest. Uh, if you are in the Sarnia area on Sunday, August 6th, they are having an all-day festival, or at least on the website, there are no specific hours yet. Um, it just says all-day Um it's at Canaterra Park, which is spelled C-A-N-A-T-E-R-A. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it looks like Canaterra Park in Sarnia. It's free. It's family friendly. It's dog uh, dog friendly. And um, some of the things you can look forward to are food and drink, live music, a sustainable market, talks, workshops, yoga on the beach. And um, they may actually still be looking for participants, depending on when you're listening to this. As of uh, July 12th, they posted on Facebook that um, they were still open to having people come and be a part of the festivities. So if you uh, are interested in that, go to their Facebook uh, page and you can find a link to the Facebook page on the main website, which is sarniavegfest.com. What do you have, Jeanette? So I have some kind of bittersweet news. Um, fans of Muji, um, or perhaps it's pronounced Mugi, we weren't sure. It's M-U-G-I. This is an all-plant-based Thai restaurant that's in the annex at Bloor and Bathurst. They just announced that they're going to be closing their Toronto location, but they will be opening up in BC in Vancouver at some point. We don't know the, all the details of that, but uh, their Toronto location after four and a half years will be closing as of Sunday, July 16th. So this podcast comes out on the Saturday, July 15th. So you may not have a chance to go and have your last meal there. I know that they're overrun with um, with people going to get their their last uh, taste of Muji slash Mugi in Toronto, mm-hmm. but they will be on the West Coast and joining the Vancouver vegan scene. So uh, so if anyone's out there and misses them, you can go and, and see them there. It's, it's hard because we've heard so many businesses closing, but this one is kind of like, oh, okay, so they're just taking a new direction and we're not, our loss is Vancouver's gain at this time. That's a good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. So our guest today is Sinead Hammonds, and she is the woman behind Jingle Pear Deli, an all-vegan small business located at 245 Greenwood Avenue in Toronto's East End. It's just at Greenwood and Gerard. It's near Greenwood Park, uh, for those of you who need to picture that in your mind, uh, in the great in the East End. Um, so thanks, Sinead, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, so what was your goal in opening Jingle Pear? Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you came to open this vegan business? Well, initially, I've always wanted to have my own business for a very long time. And, um, you know, I just wasn't able to do it for for a long time. And I wasn't exactly sure what it would be, but I knew it would be around food. And at, at, for years, like my most of my adult life, I was vegetarian. And um, so when I went vegan, it just kind of became apparent that um, 
that there was some stuff missing that I couldn't buy. Like um, it, I knew it, did, it I was going to be a food business. And then when I went vegan, I realized, that, wow, this is like, there's like a big hole in the market. Like people, I can't even buy a lasagna. Like this was what, about nine years ago. So I think initially it was just that I always wanted my own business. Um, and then being vegan, it kind of became a way to be an extension of my activism um, so there was a convenience factor like for people, but then also it was just a way for me to like branch out and try and reach more people um, in a really weird, real way. Like I was asking people to go vegan and a lot of people just don't know where to get the food. So this would be a way to kind of normalize vegan food for people. And just for people who haven't been into the store, I want to kind of give them a visual picture. You walk in and there's a counter and you can get um, a lot of like home cooking, homemade, a lot of sandwiches and um, other. It's kind of like walking up to the counter in Sobeys and Mm -hmm. all that prepared food is in the deli case, except it's just all vegan, you know, little sides and salads and proteins and things like that. We're, we're interested in what jingle pear means, but also deli. So tell us where the term jingle pear, jingle pear comes from and also the decision to use deli together. Call it deli, I know, right? Because uh, that's a tricky one. Um, I think when I was like researching the business and doing background stuff, like just addressing the deli part first, the actual like definition of delicatessen is uh, like a place that sells prepared foods. Um, in the United States, a deli is more like a corner store or like in South America, they would be called a bodega, I guess. Um, just a little bit of everything. Um, so for me, the, a deli was like a place where you could go and buy like groceries and sandwich fillings and stuff, but also like you could grab a sandwich as well. Like, to be honest with you, the sandwich part of the thing was just supposed to be one very small aspect of the offering, but it kind of took off and became its own sort of beast. <laughs> so the sandwiches are way more um, sort of in demand than I had anticipated they would be. But yeah, that's where deli came from. Um, jingle pear uh, was a word that my son made up. Um, he, um, uh, when he, my eldest son is 30. And so when he was like, you know, little and learning to sing Christmas carols at daycare and stuff, um, he would sing um, the, he would, he couldn't say partridge in a pear tree. No, partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, now I get it mixed up. And so he was singing and a partridge of jingle pear tree. And we just thought it was the Mm -hmm. cutest little thing. And it was just a word that stuck. And I don't know, just over the years, um, I was like, I'm going to have a business one day and it's going to be called jingle pear. And that's kind of how it started. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, so it's just kind of like a little family thing. And I couldn't, I I don't know, just kind of silly and it's not, you know, whatever. And then I kind of came up with the design of the pair that looks like a jingle bell and we just, just kind of stuck. So we were describing the, the deli counter that you have there. Um, and for me growing up in the neighborhood, I know that that used to be a butcher in that area. Right. So can you talk a little bit about the significance of taking over that space and making it vegan? Yeah. Um, it was, there's, there's more to it than, than just, yeah. So um, I came here a few times I'm, when I was a kid, too. My mom is um, Scottish, and I think we used to come here for scotch pies or something. But anyway, um, so I live in the neighborhood, and I had moved back here. We lived here like 20 years ago. But anyway, we moved back in about a year before COVID. And um, I was going by on the bus one day, and um, I saw this was, you know, for sale, for rent. And um, 
I don't know. I just always liked the idea of this sort of a setup. Like I've always liked butcher shops in the way that they're so basic and very um, no frills looking, very stark. I don't know. There was something about that to me that I liked the old fashioned look of it or something. But anyway, um, I just I liked that it was by the park. I liked that it was an older looking place. And for me, um, I really like having this spot. Um, I think it's really cool that the butcher shop has evolved to become like a modern version of what it used to be. Like we sell a, a lot of similar things that they would have sold here, you know, desserts and um, pies and things from, you know, from time to time. But for me also, it's just about um, the shopping experience that people can have in a place like this. Um, I really wanted it to be a friendly neighborhood place where like um, it's part of the neighborhood basically where, you know, it's a small shop where people come in on a regular basis and we know them and it's, you know, that kind of place. And I kind of wanted to, that's what this place was like when it was a butcher shop. Like the family, the, the, the two brothers who ran it were kind of legendary. They had a good sense of humor and they helped people in the neighborhood. And, you know, it was just, it was a significant part of people's life. Like they're, they're like, you know, being able to buy what they needed. And I just wanted to sort of continue the tradition of having a family owned local little shop like that, where, um, you know, it was just good quality food and just to have it as a vegan place where, you know, I'm not in a vegan neighborhood by any means. And uh, it's been really cool. Um, I know the neighbors and they wave and um, I'd say like 80% of my customers are not vegan. You know, they're just coming oh, in. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I can't say a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure. Like I, I, I think that's a pretty valid figure. Mm. Um, they just like the food and or they're shopping and these are some of the people I had in mind when I was you know coming up with the business plan they're people who are shopping for family members who are vegan um, or they are going to a family get-together or they have guests coming or something like that and they just need something for them or they're just curious and you know I've had people come in looking for uh, sliced ham and they left with breaded tofu you know oh, that kind of thing great. yeah yeah that's always well you know, being East Enders, we know that the East End doesn't have as many vegan options as the West End. I'm wondering if that's been an advantage for you or I don't the opposite. Think it has necessarily. I, I think, yeah, it I don't think it has helped me really. Like people are excited that we're here in, in this part of the city, but it's still um I guess because we're not in a vegan area, we're not getting a lot of extra people who are also visiting other, you know, businesses. Mm -hmm. You have to come here very specifically if you're coming from another neighborhood. So um, that's why we've tried, like, we have a new delivery service, for instance, like, because it's been hard to reach people. So now we can deliver to everybody all over the city, but it's taken a while to find a place or a company we could do that with. But yeah, um, has it been an advantage being in the East End? I'm not sure if it's been an advantage, but I feel a really big sense of responsibility. Like I rode my bike from Birchmount Collegiate down to here one day, um, uh, maybe last year after my daughter had an event at Birchmount Stadium and I was hungry. And honestly, like I got all the way here and I still hadn't found anything. And I was like, okay, oh my gosh, I totally get it when people show up here and I don't have what they were on their way here for. It's so disappointing. Like, so I do feel a big responsibility to always have, 
you know, most of what we usually carry in stock because it is a bit of a journey and it is disappointing because there's no other options. <laughs> like I, remember, I remember making a, a half hour last minute walk from my place to Jingle Pear to get some vegan truffles uh, for my sister-in-law's birthday um, because I hadn't been able to find anywhere else. And um, it was a beautiful half hour walk and I was happy, yeah. happy when I got there that you had them in stock. Thank, yeah, me too. It's always a, I always feel so bad when I don't have it, but anyway, I can't have everything. That's why I really encourage people to order online. It makes life, you know, it's just more predictable. So what are the things that you always have that you know people are traveling to eat? Oh, um, well, there's certain sandwich fillings we always have to have, like devil tofu and chickpea salad, um, the smoky tofu strips. Um, you have to have the breaded tofu cutlets. Like those are basically the standards. Um, what else? People really like... Um, Gosh, I'm going blank right now. Definitely the deli meats and definitely towards the weekends, people are like, you know, counting on coming in for pepperoni and mozzarella for pizza night. Um, that happens you, a lot. Do you make all the deli meats? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I make almost everything here. Um, and so, yeah. So you make almost everything, but you do have some pantry items. Are there any... Um, little known products that you've discovered that have become favorites that maybe, you know, only you, Harry? I'm just looking. I don't think so necessarily. Um, no, not really. We did have some, once in a while we have some like this fancy kombucha that's hard to get. Um, but like in general, it's no, we don't actually have tons of resale, like retail products. Um, most of what we sell is stuff that we already use, like, you know, like ingredients and things like that, or we have chips and stuff. Um, you know, it's kind of that kind of place where you have to ask for what you're looking for, because it could just be in the back fridge and you can't see it. That happens a lot. You know, do you have corn on the cob? And I'll be like, yes, it's in the back. And, you know, I just go grab it. So it's kind of, it's, um, I don't know, it's very, um, day to day you just don't know you just have to come in and see what's happening it makes it feel more a little bit more old-fashioned you know just a little develop bit. a relationship yeah. you know what's available and even if it's not available you just ask yeah. I like that idea well then people ask and I just make it if I don't have it it's you know I make it for the next day or whatever so um yeah it is a little bit old-fashioned and it's fun I I enjoy that kind of shopping I try and have quick things which is why we have grab and go options for people because not everybody wants to stand around and wait while you chat and serve somebody out of the case so I try and have it a bit quicker as well for people but yeah um it's just what it is it's nice I like it and you know we have some really nice regulars which you know is fantastic and you know people by name and I don't know I just know what they like it's, it's nice. I enjoy it. So I really love the assorted sub and I know that's, oh, a, right. that's yeah. a popular item. So I've, the first time I bought it and I bit into it, I was like, how did she do it? This tastes like my childhood, like going to birthday parties and having subs and stuff. So how do you develop um, like your recipes like that? You, you say you make everything from scratch. How did, how did yeah. you? I think I have just got a knack for nailing flavors. I don't know how, but like, for instance, with the sub, like to me, that reminds me of like the one from Mr. Sub from when I was a kid. And um, like the sauce, I think the sauce is part of the thing. And also like 
the shaved lettuce is always, I think, like part of the flavor that makes it unique or familiar. But like literally that that sub sauce I use is like it's a copycat of the Paul Newman Italian dressing because it has anchovies in it. So we we bought it once years ago, maybe 10 years ago, and we used it. And then we were like, oops, there's anchovies in it. So um, so I just somehow looked at the ingredients and put it together and it tasted right. I don't know, like it just, I'm just, just somehow it, it happened like that. I feel like <laughs> the, the cold cuts would be the harder thing to, to get ready. right. How so where, that? yeah, I learned how to make those from a guy online called the Gentle Chef. Um, Michael Sky something, sorry, it's not on the tip of my tongue, but um, um, so he has um, videos and recipes and his books are actually, I think, only available if you buy them from his website. I've got a couple of his cookbooks. So he does a lot of like tons of fake meat, fake seafood, um, you know, cheeses and stuff. So learned how to do the deli meats from his recipes, but I... um, I learned how to do them from his recipes, but I just adjusted the flavors. So typically I find when I have a recipe, I have to double the flavor. Um, so just in general, how sustainable is your business? What practices have you tried over the years that have worked or have not worked? <laughs> um, I've tried different things. So, you know, um, in general, we try and stick with um, paper packaging as much as possible. Um, and hopefully like, stuff that doesn't have plastic it's not very easy but we do we do a lot of like you know um we use paper boxes like just the cardboard um so i've tried to maintain like a non-plastic packaging um policy and i don't think we actually do we don't wrap anything in plastic or we do have a plastic lid on one of our containers right now which really bothers me but we couldn't get the cardboard ones anymore um but yeah, we try our best not to have anything in plastic. I mean, it's unavoidable, but that's that's what we try. Um, in terms of what hasn't worked, we've tried different containers and stuff. Like we've tried um, some of the reusable containers that um, you know companies come and pick them up and wash them and stuff. Um, but sometimes they don't work for us um, because um, a lot of our food or most of our food is pre-made. It has it generally, so having it delivered in a you know a steel container doesn't really help people much. Um, and we found you know trying to pack like hot soup and things like that didn't work for us. Um, so we've tried different things like that. We still support those companies, like we have drop-off boxes for reusable container companies, but we're just not using any right now. Um, we're using a lot of jars. Um, and there's a company now called Circular, and they reclaim and rewash and recirculate uh, mason jars um, or mason type jars. So um, we now have a system where we can charge people like a deposit, and then when they bring back their jar, they get the money back, and then the jar gets washed, um, commercially washed, and returned to us um, nice and clean and sanitized so um, that's fantastic for us Um, you know nothing's perfect right like I still wish we didn't have any containers at all we've tried doing bring your own container and it just sort of works but not really um, because I don't know if someone's going to show up with a container and most of the stuff's already pre-packed so it's you know we've tried different things so I mean 
sometimes people do have their own container and we can put stuff in. It's just we can't really um, institute like policies around things like that. Uh, we've tried. So maybe if we were bigger, it would be different or we're just not that kind of store like you know, that if you were a store that everything was unpackaged, that would be different Then it's a whole different kind of shopping. So those are some of the things we've tried. What do you have planned for the summer at Jingle Pear? Um, I think for us, we're just trying to um, focus on um, having lots of different snacks and goodies for people when they're hanging out at the park. Um, that's that's um, sort of um, a big focus for us every summer because um, we do get a lot of people coming over and a lot of people enjoying their evenings there so they'll buy food and go and sit in the park um, another thing we're really focusing on is marketing around our new delivery offerings so like we've gone from offering you know delivery a couple of times a week to having delivery seven times a week um, or yeah every day um, so i am just trying to um, I'm just trying to push that. I it's real. I find marketing really, really, really challenging. Um, you think you know what you're doing, and then you realize you mixed up your message, or you didn't hit the right place, or so. It's always a hit and miss for me. So, um, um, and it's hard to stay focused sometimes on what message I should be working on. So I think for me this summer, we're just trying to make it um, easier for people to. Um, have a lot more of our stuff like ready to take away on the weekends and stuff um, mm -hmm. we do try and focus on that in the summer too a lot of people pop in for their cottage shopping on thursday i noticed you had some tandoori skewers that looked really great um, oh, yeah what are those made of so those are with soy chunks right have you ever used this just tvp you know what that is right like yeah i find them hard to protein. use I find them hard to use. So if somebody's using them right, that's um, inspiring. No. Yeah. So I just rehydrate them. Um, in this case with the tandoori, I rehydrate them with like vegetable stock, you know, soup stock. Um, and then I just took a tandoori chicken recipe and, um, cop, you know, made it. Um, and um, I, I make sour cream. So I used sour cream instead of yogurt. So it turned out really nice. Um, I actually ate some for dinner today because I've, I've got them here and they weren't selling. So I cooked some up and ate them. And they're really good, actually. I've never had, I've never had tandoori anything, but these were tasty. Um, we also have like um, mushroom skewers and we call them souvlaki mushrooms because they're marinated to taste like that. And you can put them in a pita or something. And um, yeah, we've got a few more things coming up. It's just getting around to them, but we're going to be doing some like um, satay skewers. Well, the other thing that um, that stood out to me was the the frozen banana Snickers pops. You were mentioning stuff for people to take to the park, and oh, um, they're so good. Yeah, that wasn't something that you know I've seen anywhere else at somewhere like Yam Chops or any of the competition. That one seemed really unique to me. Yeah, I wanted to have nice options for the kids. And I also wanted to have something a little bit smaller that wouldn't be so expensive to help the parents out a bit, right? So the little mini pops are only like two fifty, And then you can get a bigger one, which is probably like a third or a half of a banana for like six something. And uh, they're so good. I didn't even think I would like them that much. And they're delicious. I'm not a really big I don't like nice cream like that banana ice cream, but this is not like that. It's just like an actual like chunk of banana. Oh, it's so good. I love it with the date. And so, yeah, it has date caramel and it's literally just dates pureed with water and salt and vanilla. And then um, we either have nuts or Rice Krispies on them. And then we do a little drizzle of the chocolate shell stuff and ice crispy 
coating. It's so good and um, healthy for the most part. Great. And that's your summer menu. I've noticed that you often have special menus around uh, holidays, like Thanksgiving and and Christmas. How has that been selling for you? Actually, those do really well. Like, um, that's one of the things that sells very well is is special occasions. um, so yeah, so Thanksgiving's always, so we try and do something like fairly fancy and delicious, you know, something sort of, I don't like to do what everybody else is doing typically, like just in general, I'm like that. So um, yeah, we have things that are a little bit different and now we just basically do the same thing every year. Like we have, it's a tradition for some people now to have our Christmas dinner. Um, so I just make the same one every year. So it's always the same. And what's the main um, in that menu? Um, I do a bulgur loaf. So it's a bulgur walnut loaf. And it's from a fantastic book. One of my first um, books as a vegetarian a cookbook is by um, a guy named Brother Ron Pekarski. He's some sort of monk living in Philadelphia. He's an American. And he, um, it's all, you know, to, um, for whatever the food is that they eat, all of it's vegetarian and mock meats and stuff. So, um, So that's where I get some of my, I have some old recipes from like sort of like really old vegetarian cookbooks that I've used over the years. So yeah, it's a bulgur loaf from that. Um, And it's really good. Yeah. And it's just like whenever I do stuffing and, you know, vegetables and um, gravy. Yeah, that's perfect because whether you're, you know, you're, you're getting enough for everybody at the table Mm -hmm. or whether you're the only vegan at the table, and mm-hmm. nobody else wants to cook for you, you know, and you yeah, want to cook it, yeah. a, a meal just for yourself, right? You can just right. Isn't it nice? for one yeah. person and sit there and, and still feel good and have a good meal. Yeah. I love the meal for one. I love that idea. And I always try and make like a really scrumptious looking dessert, you know. <laughs> yeah, make everyone else around the table feel jealous. jealous. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoy that. And I just feel glad that people can have something really yummy, you know. Well, I think everyone, uh, we've enticed your appetite and you can head over <laughs> to, I guess the best way to, to find out what's on the menu would be jingleperdeli.ca. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, you're located uh, at Greenwood and Girard, um, which is at 245 Greenwood Avenue. Uh, on Sunday, there's also the Leslieville Farmer's Market in Greenwood Park. So you can make a whole day of it, go out to the East End um, and, and load up on stuff for the week. So thanks, Sinead, again for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you. This was fun. And you've been listening to Veg Out, Toronto's vegetarian podcast. You can listen to past episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as well as Stitcher. Remember to subscribe where you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And you can follow us now on Instagram at vegoutpodcastto. Thanks to Matt Judge for our theme song. And until next time, Veg Out. Veg Out. Veg Out. Woo!